On Wednesday, the province announced a rollout of a family affordability benefit package, but poverty groups say the announcement is out of touch. CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi joined us to discuss Labor Day weekend in the CFL, what's happening in Montreal, and why is this guy still playing in the CFL? Winnipeg Jets Fan Fest is coming back. That's great news. We also learned about an important event happening next month in honor of a young man who lost his battle with addiction. And if you could choose entrance music, what would it be? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, who's on Connecting Winnipeg this week. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, September 1st podcast for The Start. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg from 10 until 12. And there are three words that come to mind this morning, Mr. Mackling. Please share. Often said by the legendary Marv Albert. From downtown. Yes! From downtown, Mackling and McGarry. Yes, he's back. He's back in the house. Oh my gosh, I was, I was sitting there waiting for the test this morning. Like, please do not turn up that second pink line. The 15-minute counter wound, it, wound down. No second line. I'm like, oh gosh, I guess I got to put on real clothes here and go to work. <laughs> Brett McGarry is not wearing pants, but at least he's wearing shorts. That's right. For the last eight days, I've been wearing just, you know, stretchy gym shorts. And it's, uh, so now I'm just wearing normal shorts. But uh, yeah, I was like, oh my God, I, I got to take a shower as quickly as possible and call a cab and get to work. The so. squeaky chair welcomes you back. I welcome you back. I'm now uh, in the uh, in the satellite studio, so to speak. And I could tell right away that you were here because of how quickly that weather played when the when the music started <laughs> for the weather cue. Normally with me, it takes me a little while to realize Oh, yeah, I think I have to do something here. Brett McGarry, second nature. Boom, he's on that button, and we're back at it. And with a little bit of luck on Tuesday, there are the three amigos will be back together again. Oh, yeah, that's right, because Loren McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg through this week, and then I believe KK is filling in on uh, Connecting Winnipeg. Yeah, she's making the move from the afternoon show. She's been filling in for a vacationing Jim Toth. For the last little bit, and then she's going to shift to the morning from 10 until noon, and that will allow the three of us to be back together just in time for back to school. And just in time for uh, what will likely be, I think Loren was looking to take a couple of days off in August, and I had to push that aside, and I was looking to take some time off, had to push that oh, aside. Oh, <laughs> gee whiz! Come on! <laughs> so we'll, we'll get at least a week in before we take that delayed. It's not even a real week! It's only four days! <laughs> Indeed, that's why I'm not going to take any time next week, because it's a short week, because Labor Day <laughs> this weekend. And speaking of Labor Day, uh, of course, you're on your way to the Labor Day Classic. I'm excited for you, Thank you. to invade Saskatchewan. But uh, we are going to be joined at 9.05 by the Commish. 
Randy Ambrosi will join us this morning. Of course, it's not just Winnipeg and, and Regina facing off in the CFL this weekend. Calgary hosts Edmonton. And I'm not sure, I'm pretty sure it's Toronto travels uh, down the QEW to visit the Hamilton Tiger Cats at Tim Hortons Field. So this is rivalry weekend. A lot of people in football circles in the CFL say the season really begins now. It's the race to the playoffs. Uh, in fact, the Blue Bombers can clinch a playoff spot with a victory this weekend in Regina. I don't know the last time they were in a situation to do that on Labor Day weekend, but here we are, Brett. It's funny you mentioned that the season starts now, and I think for a lot of sports fans, they, they might not pay attention to their whatever particular sport they happen to be interested in until later in the season. I know for me, I don't care about Major League Baseball until the, the pennant race begins when is when would that usually be is that like late is that does it have start in september or is that october well october is when the playoffs That's get a, underway okay. so uh I, the pennant races <laughs> a lot of them are already over uh but yeah the race to the playoffs because there are more wild card teams you're bang on brett it's sort of getting underway now uh, major league baseball i think the padres have exactly 30 games left in their season Okay, the pod. <laughs> of course, the Padres <laughs> is the first team you named San Diego because your buddy Scott Moreland uh, is making the pilgrimage. Is he going to be in Winnipeg at all, or is he just no, meeting you in Saskatchewan? No, going to Regina. So he's flying because he's a teacher full time now. So Friday after school, he's flying to Seattle, overnighting in Seattle. Then he takes a little puddle jumper up to Vancouver. And then flying to Regina. In fact, he's going to beat me to Regina because I think he gets in before noon on Saturday. And there's just no way I'm getting there by noon. That would mean leaving at 5.30 or some ungodly hour. And I never get up that early. And uh, speaking of, we've mentioned baseball. We've got the Winnipeg Wine Festival tickets to give away at 9.15. Full details at 6.45. But this is going to tie in to something that Something rather special, I think, that happened in baseball. Was this last night, this thing that you sent me? Yes, this, ha this happened last night. It's been going on all season, but last night was kind of, a, 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 I don't know, it just, there seemed to be an extra amount of attention to this last night because of who was in attendance. It was a full house at City Field. The Los Angeles Dodgers were in town. Just sort of some baseball magic last night. That's all I'm going to give you. Okay, some more details on that. We shall unravel that riddle at 6.45. And we are also going to talk today about family affordability. Full details from Michelle Carlenze coming up in our next segment. But uh, we're going to touch on this a couple of times this morning in our next segment and then after 7 o'clock as the province made an announcement yesterday about family affordability and benefit packages that are going to go out. But some groups, poverty groups in particular, are saying the announcement is out of touch. What say you? I don't know. I giving us back some of our own money. Although I know some people that could really use a little bit of a boost right now. I'm on the fence on this one, Brett. I'm going to listen to both sides on it. Okay, so that's coming up in our next segment. Of course, it's Thursday, Small Town Salute at 7.35. We are going to head to Pine Falls. It's actually, I believe this came in as a listener suggestion. Somebody pointed it out because it's hard to keep track of all of the things happening every weekend. Last weekend, uh, I think, was it just last weekend, Corn and Apple? Festival in Morden? That sounds about right. I think that was last week. And this week, Pine Falls 
is having its festival. The Four Ps, is that what it's called? The Four P Festival. Pine Falls, Power View, beautiful part of our province. Lots of P's in there, Brett. We'll find out what's going on and how you can get involved, how you can celebrate with them. So that's at 7.35, but in a moment, more details on the family affordability package and how it's going to roll out after we check your forecast on the start. Got a traffic tip? We want to hear it. Text. Some Manitoba families and seniors can expect some financial relief in the form of benefit checks. The Manitoba government is promising to send the checks to about 52,000 households to help them battle inflation. Global's Michelle Carlenzig has more. The effects of the pandemic and most recently inflation have been felt by every Manitoban. And a new government announcement aims to alleviate some of those financial stresses. But not everybody is eligible. It is crucial that we focus on families right now by providing much needed supports to help with rising costs on everything, including school supplies, everything from that to our grocery bills. The announcement is targeted towards some families and seniors. Manitoba Premier Heather Stephenson and members of the PC Caucus gathered at a Winnipeg Community Centre on Wednesday morning to announce an $87 million family affordability package. This means a $250 check for families with one child and then $200 for each child after that. Seniors making less than $40,000 a year will also get a check for $300. The benefit checks only apply to families with a household income less than $170,000 a year. Childless people on employment and income assistance will see their basic monthly payment rise by $50 per month. I'm not sure if just giving money as a blanket rule to people with kids is the best strategy. I think it can certainly help people, uh, but it, I personally would prefer to see that money invested in social services that help anyone who's struggling. It's fantastic. I think that any opportunity for the government to help you know seniors low-income families uh, I think that's fantastic because a lot of people are struggling right now that'll be a big help for sure school clothes and that's exciting that's good those eligible can expect a check in the mail this fall using their address from their 2021 tax return Michelle Karlenzig Global News so 52,000 households I'm not exactly sure what percentage of the population that's going to cover that that little bit of extra is going to help anybody who gets it i don't think there's any question about that but there is some question brett in some people's mind about the threshold with regard to to income who might qualify for this indeed we had a message on our 680 cjob instagram for example and i just tried to text it to you but i actually texted it to my dad (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, my dad was listening and he's like, hey, welcome back to work. But uh, so I will get you that exchange, Mr. Mackling. But uh, this listener says, so if you're making 170000 how is that considered poor? This is getting ridiculous. Maybe people shouldn't be living above their means. Tired of my taxes being used for this. I live without unless I can pay for it. Oh, 
What a concept. I guess the 175000 bracket needs the money to go to the cottage. Give me a break. Shame on our government. We ended up having a bit of a chat after that. Um, but that, I would imagine, is going to be the reaction. You know, what about me? Where's my check? Well, in this case, it sounds like that person might be getting a check. But also asking the question, how come certain other people are getting it? Uh, and so maybe that conversation then broadens to... In terms of the investment, the $87 million, that's not a small nugget. That's a big chunk of change, especially when we're still running deficits. So, uh, which means that doesn't come out of the piggy bank. Uh, the government's going to be borrowing the money in order to uh, give it back to us, quote unquote. So our question of the day at CJOB.com for credit aid struggling with debt. Call 204-987-6890, creditaid.ca. The question that was asked... In yesterday afternoon, what do you think about the provincial family affordability package? Income threshold of 175000 for families. 74% say way too high. 18% say acceptable. 8% say much too low. Cast your vote, cjob.com. I think many of us will recognize this music, the iconic scene from Major League when the wild thing comes out of the bullpen to bring it home for the Cleveland baseball team at the end. And uh, yeah, the, the great entrance music. Oh, that's where I had to bleep out the owner saying, <laughs> I love that flipping song. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we think of we're playing this music because something happened last night in Major League Baseball that harkened back to this wonderful moment. Yeah, and what has become one of the too few and too far in between must-see moments in Major League Baseball, Brett. Oh. New York Mets closer Edwin Diaz leaving the bullpen and making the 250-foot or so walk to the mound in the middle of City Field. So the song is Narco by Blaster Jackson, Timmy Trumpet. Last night, the Australian musician, DJ producer, Timmy Trumpet, was in the house to help lead the crowd in welcoming Diaz to the mound to close out a game versus the Los Angeles Dodgers. It was and is phenomenal. Did the Mets win, by the way? They did. <laughs> okay. When the Dodgers go down, that's always a good thing. So is, is this the music he always comes out to? Yeah, this is, uh, I think he started going, coming out to it last year, and just this year, the Mets are at the top of the NL East, and there's just uh, so much excitement around this. It's becoming a phenomenon uh, that fans of all teams seem to be enjoying. The video of this last night has had over 4 million views. That's just since last night. Awesome. It was a pretty cool moment, especially to see Timmy Trumpet come out and play the trumpet live. So here's your question at 204-780-6868 for a chance to win tickets for the Winnipeg Wine Festival Saturday, September 24th, the afternoon tasting. What would your entrance music be if you were a relief pitcher, if you were a wrestler, a boxer, a mixed martial artist, whatever, any situation that requires entrance music, 204-780-6868. Tell us the song and tell us why for a chance to win, and we'll pick a winner at 915. So why don't we start with Cameron Poitras? 
All right, Forte, hit the clip. Aha! Very nice. Yeah. Little Van, uh, Van Hagar. Like, one of, <laughs> one of my favorite intros of all time. I mean, and also uh, was one of the songs, uh, Coast to Coast um, was on our airwaves here on 680 CJOB. They would they would come into the song, and I knew, I love Coast to Coast. I'm still a big fan of it and stuff like that. I love the topics and all that great stuff. But fantastic intro. The piano and all that kind of stuff gets you hyped, gets me hyped up every time. You know what? When you, when you speaking of coast to coast, their their opening theme song uh, would be uh, a good entrance music as well, right? So they, I think I've got that queued up here. Remember this? <laughs> I do. Some Midnight Express marching out to the mound. Yeah, yeah. You could you could add some swagger for sure. <laughs> anyway, great memories with this. This is my first job at 680 CJOB listening to this music uh, coming in for the overnight shift for Coast to Coast AM. Uh, let's go next to Jeff Braun. Oh, for me, it was a, a no-brainer. It's always Bruce. beginning of a song uh, Badlands from 1978's Darkness on the Edge of Town. It's a top three Springsteen song uh, in my book anyways. One of my very favorites and it always gets me pumped no matter what I'm doing. And uh, a quick question for you Jeff and then we'll circle back to Cam. In what context would you want this music to be played? Like would it be an athletic endeavor or would it be like I don't know just walking into uh, McDonald's? No, I don't think that Rotten Ronnie's requires entrance music. It'd be for if I was a relief pitcher they could play it while I was walking towards the mound and just keep it going. It'd still be playing when I walked off the mound after getting pulled from the game. <laughs> he's in and he's already out. He's already failed in his own mind. His fastball only clocked at 60 miles per hour. Sorry, yeah. Brian, we got to get you out of here. One just pitch grand slam to ruin the game for everybody. <laughs> and Poitras, what about you? In what context would you want uh, the entrance music? Well, I, I already played mine, didn't I? No, you did, but in what context would you have it played? Oh, um, I don't know. I'll go into the mound. I don't know, just like, just walking into work every day. Let's just get the party going here. Yeah, just like a blaster yeah. over your shoulder, listening? Yeah, well, no, no, there'll be some, like a DJ or something. They'll just sit there and wait by the door for me to walk in. <laughs> and then when I open the door, bam, the music starts. Would you walk through some pyrotechnics? Oh, pyrotechnics, fireworks, the whole entire, everything. <laughs> what about you, Everybody Mackling? Ready. Well, it has been for some time. Will be for a long time. My theme song. And this would work heading out to the mound. The song is Walk by Foo Fighters. You don't want to walk the first batter you face. You don't want to walk any batters that you face. But this has a lot of personal connections for me in terms of my own battle with depression and battling back from some of the things that kept me down years ago. So, yeah, there's there's a, there's a lot of intricacies to this song, and the Foo Fighters are are my favorite band now. And of course, since Taylor Hawkins passed away last year, it's uh, this uh, song is even more important to me. Okay, some Foo Fighters for Mackling producer Jeff Forte. What about you? Well, I was going to pick. Uh... Do it. The Tone Lock version of Wild Thing. Tone Lock. Nope, pardon me. Yeah, but then then you played you, you play the original coming in, so I was like, I don't know if I can play this anymore. Well, it's not the same, not even remotely the wow. same song. Wow. 
just has the same name. And kind of the same. Uh, play not, Funky Cold Medina. No, dude, do not yeah. play that song. <laughs> no, so no, inappropriate. So, but my, my buddy actually suggested a song to me years ago for a good like skate outs, like for the Jets or something like that. And uh, it's 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 a little heavy. Uh, it's called from a band called Bring Me the Horizon. The song is called Happy Song. Ooh. I can get behind that. Yeah. And let's ring skate out. Oh. Yes. Oh, yeah. I can okay. get down with that. Mm-hmm. The thing is, it is called Happy Song, but the lyrics are anything but happy, and there's swears <laughs> in them, so I got to take that down right now. Let's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, and and what I like about that particular song as well, Forte, is like I think a, I think a good entrance theme has to have some kind of easy, uh, catchy portion of it, right? Like when you think of some of the great music of uh, WWE, for example, Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah, it's just a simple guitar lick. And with the, the, the cheesy lyrics, I am a real American. Or if you think of Stone Cold, he's got the glass shattering at oh, the beginning. Yes. Like that. Another simple, uh, The Rock. So it opens with his... is cooking. With his heroic chant, and then a, just a simple bass line that's easily recognizable. So for me, I, I actually had a hard time thinking about what theme song would I pick, and then I remembered... Uh, this one from Megadeth. is a good one, Alan. We're asking about your what would your entrance music be? Whether you're a relief pitcher coming out of the bullpen or a wrestler or whatever. Alan says, my theme, the theme song for Peter Gunn, an American Private Eye TV series, which aired from 1958 to 1961. Alan says, I remember listening to a group of older people on Grand Beach back in the 80s who had a tape of cool tunes. And one of the, it was just one of those days where everything clicked. Alan had his Speedo on and carrying his <laughs> Coleman cooler full of beverages, had his towel around his neck and just strode on to Grand Beach with this playing in the background and the girls swooned, Brett. <laughs> wow, <man. laughs> you spun quite the yarn there. Hopefully that's actually how it went down for you, Alan. But thanks for this. I love this. I don't know that I knew this theme, so that's some funky stuff. So we're going to pick a winner for this at 9.15. What's your, what would your entrance theme be and why for a chance to win Winnipeg Wine Festival tickets? Again, we'll give that away at 9.15. And a reminder, small town salute coming up today. It's Thursday, 7.35. Where are we going, Mackling? We're going a little north, a little east. Power, Power View, Pine Falls. Beautiful part of the province. They're having a celebration this weekend, and we'll tell you all about it. Poverty groups in Winnipeg and those who work firsthand with Manitobans struggling to make ends meet called yesterday's announcement on the family affordability plan out of touch and say the Stephenson government missed the mark. Global's Brittany Greenside reports on that side of the story. 
The benefit checks are supposed to help those dealing with the impact of inflation and the rising costs of everyday life in Manitoba. But some say the province is dishing out dollars in the wrong way. It has to be targeted and it has to be sustained. If we're going to actually address poverty, that's what we need. And it needs to help those who need it most. Kate Kaler with the Social Planning Council says the $175,000 income threshold for Manitoba families with children to be eligible for the subsidy is far too high. The income level of $175,000 um, is quite ludicrous. If the view is so skewed that somebody earning $175,000 needs this, um, then, then we have a very different idea of what the necessity of life are. Kaler says the government should have lowered the threshold, but increased the amount each of those families would receive. That $63 million, if it could be redistributed to families who say earn 60000 or less, that would actually have a substantial, make a substantial difference in a very short time when payment, they are the ones who are struggling most with inflation and the higher, higher costs of living. The subsidy will also give those on EIA an extra 50 bucks a month, but it leaves out a large portion of single Manitobans who are barely making ends meet. I don't think it's going to be a big help for the average person. Yeah, it's going to put a few more dollars in your pocket, but it's it's not a long-term solution. Economist Robert Warren says targeting breaks at the pump or rent relief, along with increasing minimum wage even higher than it's set to go up in the fall, would have been better options. Now what you're doing is you're targeting areas where the prices are already up, and this is kind of equalizing it out for them a bit. And making a difference for those who need it most. Britain Greenslade, Global News. So inflation is inflation for everyone. It's called the Family Affordability Benefit. So I don't necessarily like this. Well, you know, I know I'm getting this, but I don't think that person should be getting it. However, when you view it through the lens, in my mind, of a program that has a finite budget then perhaps there is some merit to maybe shrinking that uh, level of income where you're eligible for this program. So if $87 million is the magic number that the government's come up with for this, maybe Kate Kaler has a point in terms of impact for those who need it most. Maybe that, you know, 250 450 650 amount if it were a thousand or twelve hundred dollars for people in a lower income, would have a larger impact on their lives. I don't think there's any question about that. A listener weighing in at two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight, saying the benefit thing is laughable. Oh yeah, a household with a net income of one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars a year needs a few hundred extra pennies, but single people such as myself with net incomes under forty grand, oh, we're all good. No help needed. LOL. That's a mistake. That's a huge mistake by the government here to ignore people that don't have kids. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, look, I, I've said this before, but in my previous living arrangement, I was sharing an apartment with somebody. We split the rent, we split the bills, we split everything, and it was great. I had money in my pocket now that I live alone, and this this isn't a woe-is-me situation. I'm just pointing out that my costs have gone up significantly because at that point, the apartment uh, that we were living in, we it was, uh, a, it was taken over from a, a, a previous tenant, so we took over that that lease. So for a two bedroom apartment, it was 900 bucks. And my one bedroom 
with parking costs $1,300. So I went from splitting a $900 rent to now paying $1,300 a month for rent. So uh, sometimes things get pretty tight in McGarry land because it's just me and there's no one else to rely on. Uh, Hey, I made my bed. Again, I'm not complaining, just pointing out that like I can afford it. But if if things are a little tighter, uh, you're probably looking at this program going, what the heck is going on here? So feel free to cast your vote at cjob.com on the question of the day for credit aid struggling with debt. Call 204-987-6890, creditaid.ca. What do you think about the Provincial Family Affordability Package income threshold of $175,000 for families? Way too high, acceptable, or much too low? Cast your vote at cjob.com. We've put that up on Twitter as well, at 680CJOB. Gonna let this ride for a second. <laughs> it's Mackling and McGarry. McNabbs is unconnected Winnipeg from 10 until 12. Entrance music. What would your entrance music be for a chance to win Winnipeg Wine Festival tickets? What have we got here, Mackling? Kelly says, my wonderful hubby and I got married in 2011. We each chose our own song to walk down the aisle to. He chose Eye of the Tiger. The look on everyone's faces when the song started was priceless. I lobbied for the Hockey Night in Canada theme, (laughs) and uh, that got shut down. Like for the two of you, or just Yeah, on the walkout. Oh, really? On the walkout, yeah, which was would have been great. We had an organist and everything. Would have sounded amazing, but I got outvoted on that. Ah, so what did you end up with? I don't even remember. (laughs) Something hokey, something (laughs) schlocky. But we did walk into Jump... At our at our at our uh, reception? At reception, yeah. Oh, okay. One of our listeners say, says, uh, "I think it was Tom said uh, Mackling's is jump for sure for my walkout song. It was at my wedding, so you nailed that one, Tom. I went to a wedding once uh, for a friend named Nicole years ago, and uh, when after they completed their nuptials and and exited the church, um, all these guys jumped out of the from the the seats." And lined up along the aisle, and they they all had lightsabers in their oh, hands. Oh, nice! So they 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 formed this archway as they played the Star Wars theme from the the end of A New Hope the, when they got their medals, the medal ceremony, and uh, it was wonderful. It was mag- I think that was the first time I'd ever seen anything like that at a wedding, and it was just so much fun. Like, oh man, these two are clearly. Right for each other if they can agree on that. At least they didn't go with the Darth Vader theme. That would have, that just maybe would have felt a little uncomfortable. We did actually have somebody say I would go with Darth Vader's Imperial <laughs> March. What uh, kind of point are you trying to make with that? <laughs> you know what? That actually used to be my ringtone on my phone whenever I got a call from work uh, years ago when our when our news director was Vic Grant, and uh, the phone would ring, and so I had the Imperial March was the ringtone to let me know, like, oh boy, do you really want to answer this phone call right now? <laughs> See, that was a purpose. It, it was, was a warning. It was usually on my one day off sure. a month, and it was, hey, Brett, do you want to come into work? So oh, I'm like, I'm just not going to answer oh, that call today because oh. I need a day off. <laughs> Classic. It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg from 10 until 12. Here's another M, Metallica. What's happening here, Mackling? It's Bill in St. James. This is his entrance song. 
And he's got a little bit of a script here for how this goes down. You got it in front of you? Yep. All right. Enter Sandman by Metallica, is Bill's entrance song. In my multiverse, I'm a world-class darts player. They have big pageantry at European tournaments. And he's right. They come out, like, I remember watching darts uh, when I was a teenager, and it was a pretty quiet affair, but now they play in front of, like, not full stadiums, but pretty sizable auditoriums with got to be three, four, five thousand people. They're all drinking beer. Yeah, and they've all the guys have really fancy, colorful, colorful shirts. They're often escorted to the 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 playing zone by scantily clad women. It's quite the show, and uh, this song is perfect. And he outlines the choreography. So, at about twenty-two seconds, the music is soft enough for the MC to introduce me as the Timmy. Since I finish games with a double, double out throw for the brag, then from 20, whatever that means, then from 23 to 55 seconds, the guitar howls for just enough time that I and my beautiful entourage confidently walk the sideways towards the stage and then 55 plus seconds. I'm now on the stage to bask in the glow of my fans with James Hetfield's song lyrics played just long enough to intimidate my opponent. <laughs> oh my Go God. To me! <laughs> 180! <laughs> oh man, I love how much thought you put into this, Bill. That's fantastic. And hey, by the way, just before we introduce our next guest, it's so funny that Enter Sandman came up because I was I've been catching up on HBO's season four of Westworld, and one of the things they do on that show is uh, they do cover versions of popular music. So in the first season, because it's an old western, you know the pianos with the the pre-programmed. Oh yeah, the, the the player piano. Yeah, 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 with the scroll or whatever. So it was always fun to try to figure out what song they were doing. Well, they've changed from the western theme they've gone up a few decades so now they're doing orchestral stuff so i'll get forte to fade down his version and i'll bring in mine so when this started playing yesterday i was like oh yeah this is fantastic it's wonderful now i don't know who did it first kiss with the symphony or metallica with the symphony but that's extraordinary. And Guns N' Roses did great work with the symphony oh, as well. Oh, so no he, question. I guess it was ELO that maybe started it back in the 70s. Well, and symphony works fantastic with metal because metal's origin... We could go off on this and we won't, but I, I promise. <laughs> but metal's origins, I, I was fascinated to learn, are deeply rooted in symphony. That's why they pair so well sure. together. Uh, so, yeah, I love that combination. So uh, keep your entrance themes coming. 204-780-6868 for a chance to win Winnipeg Wine Festival tickets. We'll pick a winner at 9.15. Now, another event which has been extremely popular with families for years is returning following a pandemic-related pause. The 2022-23 Winnipeg Jets season officially kicks off with the return of Winnipeg Jets Fan Fest, Saturday, September 24th at Bell MTS Iceplex. This is an event, Brett, which, is, which draws or drew... Thousands of fans to Jets training camp. It's an outstanding event which uh, com- strengthens strengthens the community's ties to the hockey club and its players for the first time 
Since 2019, FanFest is offering a sneak peek of Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose top players as they prepare for thrilling 2022-23 season. Corey Harnum is manager of community relations at Winnipeg Jets and True North Sports and Entertainment. Joins us now. Good morning, Corey. Good morning. How are we doing? Oh, we're doing really well. Have you got a theme song or, or do you want to think about it while we're speaking here <laughs> and then you can share it with us on the way out? I'll put some thought into it. The first thing I did think about, you guys mentioned darts and, and Game of Thrones. When I think of, uh, you know, besides Metallica, when I think of Sandman, I think of uh, Yankees closer Rivera. Oh, yes. Uh, and then he, they would play that every time he came in to close a game. So, um, but yeah, how not? How, how do you not get hyped? No matter the time of day, I guess, when, when Sandman comes on. Yeah, the legendary Mariano Rivera. Good, good pull there, Corey. Hey, so my kids and I have been attending this event pretty much year every year since it launched back in 2011. So it's great to have us have it back. Tell us what's happening this year as you relaunch it. Yeah. So as you mentioned, first time since 2019. So we're really excited about it. Uh, it's an opportunity to officially kick off uh, the Winnipeg Jets season. Um, so as you mentioned, Saturday, September 24th, we will be back at Iceplex. Uh, and it's a full day for, for everyone, young and old. Um, you know, we've got, uh, it'll start off at 9 a.m. We've got inflatables for the kids. We've got uh, food and beverages. We've got, um, you know, an opportunity to watch training camp uh, on some of the ice sheets. Uh, and then we've got uh, some programming on our stage as well um, where our uh, players and management from both uh, the Jets and the Moose will uh, will, will uh, jump on the stage and, and just chat about their off season, talk, uh, talk with uh, the upcoming season and uh, preparations and uh, opportunities and all those things. So a full day, um, uh, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, for and there's a little something for everyone. So so we're really excited to to have it back again this year. Is there something brand new this year? There is, yeah. So we're partnering with the NHL. They're doing uh, what they call NHL Street, which is presented by Tim Hortons. And essentially, it's an opportunity to introduce the game of hockey, um, introduce the game of hockey, or uh, give an opportunity to to folks who enjoy uh, what we call ball hockey or street hockey. So uh, NHL Street will be uh, in our parking lot, and they'll have a setup um, where uh, folks, uh, uh, young, we're going to keep it open to the young kids, but um, they can try out hockey. Uh, equipment will be provided uh, on site and um, they'll have an opportunity to either try out hockey for the first time or play with some friends. Um, all the information for that particular portion of FanFest can be found at nhlstreetevents.com. Um, there is, uh, they are encouraging sign up. So if, uh, if there's a group of, of, of young athletes that want to participate, maybe uh, look into that and sign up to, to ensure your spot. Corey, how authentic uh, is this NHL street going to be? Like, are you going to have cars coming through so the kids are going to have to move the nets out of the way and, like, do it the old-fashioned way like we did when we were kids? Or And then you'd almost want the streetlights too, right, when it's yes. too dark? But there you, you go. go. You almost turn the streetlights on. Luckily, we're not there that late on Saturday, so the streetlights. But, yeah, we might pull up a vehicle or two on the outside of the, of the, uh, the fencing and just give a honk or two to give that authentic experience right on so we need tickets uh in the past i don't know if we needed tickets or not it doesn't matter we need tickets now how do we go about it and there's a ticket limit fill us in on that before we let you run that's right winnipegjets.com forward slash fan fest um yeah we're just it's just an opportunity to uh get an understanding of how many to expect 
Um, there is a limit of eight tickets per order, um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, if you've got a large group or, or a large family coming, that just, you just need a couple of you to sign up. Um, but like I said, winnipegjets.com forward slash FanFest uh, to get your tickets. Uh, we certainly won't turn anyone uh, away at the door uh, when they arrive. But as I said, just the opportunity, uh, you know, since the event's been down for the last uh, or hasn't happened for the last uh, almost three years now, I guess. Um, just an opportunity as we get our feedback um, and planning in place to, to anticipate uh, crowds and those things. So all the information, everything that folks need to know, uh, winfakejets.com slash fanfest. Um, all the information's there. Corey Harnum, Manager, Community Relations at Winnipeg Jets and True North Sports and Entertainment. Corey, thanks for the heads up on this. We really appreciate it. This is exciting that it's coming back. Perfect. Thank you, guys. We're really looking forward to it. Macklin, you're going to go? Uh, yeah, always go. And uh, one of the things they added, uh, I guess it was back in 2019, they had this massive sale, this clearance sale in one of the rinks. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of people taking advantage of uh, of. Uh, what do they say here? They're going to have Jets gear. We'll be on site with a selection of Jets, Moose, uh, merchandise at discounted prices, including a large selection of game-used jerseys and equipment. So uh, it's nice uh, to get an opportunity to get a crack at some of that uh, sometimes uh, tough-to-get stuff. It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg. What is your entrance music? We're going to give away Winnipeg Wine Festival tickets in our next segment based on your text messages. Like Mick, who says entrance walkout theme would be Derek and the Dominoes, Layla. Now he did, I see now that he specified the piano riff in Layla. Oh. I just played it from the beginning of the song, which is uh, one of the greatest guitar licks ever, I think. I agree. But uh, maybe I should have picked the right part of the song because Mick says, I mean business and I'm a good fella. And I don't know if he means I'm a good fella, like I'm a good fellow, or if he means I'm a good fella. Oh, that could be a threat, <laughs> that second one. <laughs> but great tune, Mick. Excellent choice. We're getting some great songs today. We'll pick a winner at 9.15. But in the meantime, I want to get right into this here because today is the first day of September. So remember to slow down on those school speed zones. The return to school just days away. 30 kilometer an hour speed limits are in place again through the end of June. And for many, this is the start to their favorite time of the year. I know you love the fall, Brett. September is one of the most beautiful months in these parts. It also marks the beginning of the stretch run in the Canadian Football League. Historic rivalries are front and center as the Labor Day weekend is nearly upon us. Randy Ambrosi is the commissioner of the Canadian Football League and joins us now. Good morning, Commissioner. Good morning. How are you today? We're doing great. Would you have a, you know, uh, you're a big guy. You could have been a pro wrestler maybe after your CFL career. Would you have an entrance th- a song that pops to mind if you're coming out my, my yeah see i'm a winnipegger born and born and bred and so mine uh, mine is always uh, taking care of business back in the turn overdrive that's uh, that would be my go-to right on well uh we can't do it as your intro music but we could probably uh, work that out for you for your extra music as we leave the segment so toronto hamilton edmonton versus calgary and of course winnipeg blue bombers traveling to regina to face the saskatchewan rough riders this weekend it's a 
genuine opportunity for fans to celebrate this game and to ramp up their fan loyalties in these annual matchups and, of course, do the road trip that you don't always get a chance to do. What is your favorite part of Labor Day weekend, Commissioner? Oh, you know, I, I'd love to tell you that I have one favorite part. I really don't. I just love it all. Um, you know, for me, I played in um, I played in the Labor Day games uh, in in my, throughout my career. I, of course, started in Calgary uh, Labor Day against uh, against Edmonton, and then I uh, I had two seasons in Toronto playing the Labor Day game against the Tie Cats. And then, and then the last five years of my career were in Edmonton, of course, back against uh, Calgary. Labor Day just means so much to me and so much to our teams and our fans. I just think it's, so, it's really an exciting time. I think you described it beautifully. really is the kickoff to the stretch drive. We've had a good uh, start to the season, and now the season ramps up. So for me, I'm going to be in Montreal on Friday night for the game uh, against the Red Blacks, and I will be in... Um, uh, Regina for the game on Sunday against the Bombers. So I'm just looking forward to uh, Labor Day. Now, uh, you mentioned Montreal. News out of Montreal earlier this week involving Alouette's ownership. Gary Stern announced that he was stepping away from the operations of the Alouettes and resigned from the CFL Board of Governors. What is the situation in Montreal? Like, is the team effectively for sale? And uh, who's running it? Well, you know, I've had a chance this week to, on a number of occasions to speak to representatives of the majority owner, and they're, you know, they're emphatic that, look, nothing has really changed. They, uh, the, the ownership of the team is exactly the way it was, and that uh, their message for me, uh, which they were, they were resolute, is there's three, three things. One is it's steady as she goes. Number two, they want to win some football games, as many as they can, and they want to entertain their fans. And I can tell you, it was just a, it was a joy to talk to them. As I say, they were absolutely emphatic that those are their priorities. Uh, there were no talk about anything other than, you know, uh, maintaining the, maintaining the course that, that their franchise is on winning games and entertaining fans. I think those are three pretty good messages. Commissioner, I will apologize for the extended preamble here, but uh, it's to get to a question. So uh, hang in with me, if you will. Player safety has had its handful this season, and one player in particular, Garrett Marino of Saskatchewan, sat out four games. I don't need to tell you this. This is more for the listeners here. A variety of misconduct violations, not only on-field actions, but his words got him into trouble as well. The player returns... Marino did only to be fined for on-field actions his first game following that suspension. There are some, like our own analyst and Canadian Football Hall of Famer Doug Brown, who are concerned this player may go out to intentionally injure Blue Bomber quarterback Zach Caleros this weekend. Here's the question. What do you say to fans who might be wondering if this player should even be playing in the CFL? Well, look, uh, I... Uh, as you know, we had the incident, uh, you know, that resulted in Jeremiah Masoli's injury. We handed down the the longest suspension in CFL history. Uh, look, we work within the confines of a set of rules. We have a collective bargaining agreement. We have a relationship with our players and our players association, which is important. Uh, we understand the system that uh, that we you know that governs how we dispense discipline. And, you know, I, I felt strongly at the time we needed to send a very strong message to this player and to the players in general that we won't tolerate, uh, you know, uh, behavior that puts other players' health at risk. 
And then we subsequently have uh, have issued a second fine for another incident. And so, look, it's to say we are watching closely the situation. We've done uh, what we believe was right. We've handled the situation, uh, you know, again, within the context of the structures we are that we uh, work within. And we'll just keep watching. And look, I have to hope uh, that uh, the player is understanding and all the players understand they have not a responsibility to themselves for their own careers, but they have a responsibility to those that they play with and against. And hopefully that message is getting through. And uh, But again, all I can say is we've done, um, you know, we've handed down the stiffest suspension in league history. And we have to hope that at some point that message gets through. With regard to the fans here, uh, Commissioner, and, and thanks for the explanation. I, I think a lot of us understand that. But I, th- I think there's a, another layer to this potentially this weekend. You're going to have thousands of Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans in Regina. And if an ugly incident takes place on the field, th- there's already a little bit of tension there. It's mostly in good fun. But there is a huge rivalry here between these two two teams. I'm taking my kids to their first ever Labor Day weekend game in Regina this weekend. And I'm concerned if Garrett Marino pulls some shenanigans that it might increase the tension between Blue Bomber and Rough Rider fans. Am I overthinking this? Yeah, well, look, I I hope you are. Look, I I can tell you as much as that rivalry has been one of the greatest in leagues in the league's history and it's it's one of the that's one of the most uh, important and and special parts of the Labor Day weekend. I can tell you that I have the greatest respect for Bomber fans and the greatest respect for Ryder fans. And I think, frankly, the fans respect each other and they understand that it's football and it's uh, and it's a rivalry, but it's that it's that it's football and it's a rivalry. So I don't expect that something that goes on in the field, heaven forbid, I don't expect something that goes on in the field translates to the things that would happen in the stands. I just have simply too much confidence in, in Manitobans and Winnipeggers and in, and in Saskatchewan for rider fans to think that, uh, that it would result in some, uh, in some bad behavior amongst the fans that, you know, if you, if you didn't, first of all, I'm really excited that you're taking your kids to a Labor Day game. And then I, uh, maybe uh, get a chance to say hi to your family when we're there on Sunday. But I can say this, I've, watched bomber fans and rider fans as much as they um as much as they battle mm-hmm. with uh, their hearts for their teams they love the cfl and they love all the cfl stands for so i i just expect it's going to be a great game and a great uh, great weekend for not only for football but for the fans i appreciate you answering my question like that thank you commissioner you're welcome CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi joining us live on 680 CJOB ahead of Labor Day weekend, a huge weekend for the Canadian Football League. Randy, thank you very much. We appreciate the time. Well, listen, best wishes to all of you. Happy Labor Day weekend to all of you and your listeners. And and uh, you got a pretty good football team there in Winnipeg. I don't know if you've noticed, but you've got a pretty good football team. And, you know, best wishes to all of you as you go down the stretch run. Randy Ambrosi joining us live on 680 CJOB. It's Mackling and McGarry McNabb is on Connecting Winnipeg. We're asking you for a chance to win tickets for the Winnipeg Wine Festival Saturday, September 24th, afternoon tasting. What would your entrance music be? And Tom, simply saying my entrance song is Green Onions by Booker T and the McGees. 
timely, it's timeless, cool, and simple. And I gotta confess, I mean, I've heard this song a billion times. It's used in countless movies. Never knew it was called Green Onions. <laughs> Booker T and the MGs. Uh, like, is that like the car? The MGs? What did, I, did I call them the McGs? Well, uh, I don't know. Oh, the, yeah, the, the MGs. The MGs, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I'll have to look that up. What is an MG exactly? And speaking of Booker T, we go from one. If you're picking Booker T, Tom, I'm going to pick Booker T as well. Can you dig it, dig it, sucker? Sucker! Another wrestling theme song, Booker T. One of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Did you just do that on the fly? Yeah. Yeah. You're pure magic, McGarry. (laughs) Pure magic. Um, I think we're really only going to have time here for our winner. Uh, We might sneak in a runner-up, though. We had a hilarious story from Big A Rob that we wanted to share. He's not eligible to win anyway because he won a couple of weeks ago. But our winning... Hang on a second. I just got to queue a couple things up here. Okay, I'm bouncing from window to window. All right. This is from Bill in St. James, in case you missed it earlier. Bill says my entrance song is Enter Sandman by Metallica. So he says, in my multiverse, I'm a world-class darts player. They have big pageantry at European tournaments, so the song is perfect. And here is, according to Bill in St. James, the choreography. Where are we at on the song, time-wise? Uh, we are at 22 seconds. There we go. 22 seconds from the beginning. Soft enough for the MC to introduce me as the Timmy. Then from 23 to 55 seconds, the guitar howls for just enough time that I and my beautiful entourage confidently walk the sideways journey towards the stage. And then, Brett, 55 plus seconds. I'm now on the stage to bask in the glow of my fans with James Hetfield's song lyrics playing just long enough to intimidate my opponent. Bill, you put so much thought into this. We love it. Congratulations. You're going to the Wine Festival, courtesy of Enter Sandman by Metallica. Greg, what's coming up in sports? What ailments kept a pair of bomber starters out of practice yesterday? Cam Poitras standing by. Sports is next at 925. Yesterday was International Overdose Awareness Day, recognized, and coming up September 10th is Addiction and Mental Health Recovery Day. Both events are incredibly important events for our next guest. Rodell and Jennifer Bautista have gone through something they would never wish upon any other parent. Their son, Gabriel, struggled with drug addiction and mental health issues for much of his adolescence. He felt the despair, and his mind was in a place where he didn't want to want to be anymore. And um, no matter what we did to try to prevent that, it, it happened. Gabriel frequently used cocaine and methamphetamine, and when he was 17, the family sought treatment for him at the Behavioral Health Foundation. Lots of days he wanted to leave, but he soon found his his place there and and uh, he graduated after four months. But months after leaving the facility, Gabriel was drawn back to the temptations and he relapsed. This time he was 18 and not able to return to the inpatient care center for young people. I had at that time done an involuntary medical um, assessment and he was in and out of there 
in 20 minutes. The family says his struggles with addiction went on from that point, and eventually he died by suicide. That was a clip from a story Global News presented in August of 2018. Rodel Bautista and his wife Jennifer sharing their family's loss in part to help raise awareness for more addiction treatment options in our community. Rodel Bautista joins us now. And uh, we want to tell you about an event Rod's family puts on in honour of his son's memory. Please stay tuned for that. Rod, good morning. Good morning, guys. Why have you been so willing to share your family story and, and to do it so openly over these past few years? I think because it, it makes a difference. I think sharing our story and um, letting people know that uh, families like ours are uh, suffering uh, with uh, with children and with family members that are you know that are going through addiction and and mental mental illness issues, and um, we're relatable. So we're a normal Canadian family um, living a normal life and uh, addiction that crept into our family, and it's not uncommon. And I think the more we share our stories and the more we get out there, the more people are willing to, to reach out to us. And it, and it, and it works, you know, in, in, at a very grassroots level. I get, I get contacted every, every other day by people who are struggling with, with their family members that are, they're going through addiction and, and we take steps to, to try to point them in the right direction. So I think it's making a difference. I know with uh, the opening of the Busoka Recovery Center and, and the good work that we've, we've done there over the last year, um, it, is, um, it has changed, especially in the city uh, from where it was um, you know, four years ago. Rather, there can be a perception that addictions happen only in certain families, in particular parts of the province, to families which live in a certain socioeconomic demographic. So for those who do think that, what do you say to them? And then they're not, they're not living in reality. Addiction, addiction knows no racial, social, or economic uh, boundaries. Um, in every corner of this city, there are people struggling with addiction. Um, there is only one degree of separation between, you know, the general public and, and someone who suffers from addiction. Everybody knows, uh, you know, an uncle who's an alcoholic or, you know, a family member that's struggled with issues or a, or a friend that's or struggled with issues, right? So it's just something that we've, we've uh, kind of swept under the rug because we, we deem it as a behavioral um, issue, something that's, that's a choice. When, when in reality, addiction is a disease and it goes hand in hand with mental illness. And both issues are still so very much stigmatized, right? It's, it's, it's a little bit shameful to have somebody in your family that, that, that is suffering from addiction. That's what, that's what the perception is in society. And, and I think um, that's why we fight so hard to, to share our story is the fact that no matter how hard we tried, no matter how great our family is, no matter how much love there was in our family, um, it's something that we couldn't prevent on our own and that we needed, we needed help. You know, addicts and people who are suffering through addiction need help. They need help to recover and they need help to get better. And, um, you know, until we understand and realize that it's a mental health issue and a health issue in general as a whole, as a society, um, I, I don't think we're going to get to the place that we need to be. Um, you know, we tend to put criminal justice and 
and policing towards towards that. And the truth is, these people need help. They don't need to be incarcerated. They don't need to be put away. It's not it's not something that we can you know police away. We need to we need to wrap our arms around people who are who are suffering from addiction and 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 help them seek recovery. Well, uh, let me say, Rod, your strength inspires uh, so many of us. And and once again, thank you for sharing uh, your your deepest thoughts with us today. It, it's greatly appreciated. And the whole idea that this is a health issue, I think, is an important one. Along with mental health issues, addictions are they're, they're such powerful forces. And I'm going to be accused of repeating myself on this point, but uh, I I don't ask for forgiveness because to me, it is our next challenge as we break down the stigma, use the word stigma, surrounding addiction and mental health. We have so many brave people putting their hand up asking for help. Your son asked for help. He put his hand up. Your family asked for help. And in my, in my mind, our challenge is to make sure that those doors aren't locked, those programs aren't filled, phones or texts don't go unanswered at organizations created to help. And, and, and that's what I fight for. What's your ask, Rod? My, my ask is that we, we come up with the solution. In, in all reality, my, our, our, our problem is currently today, if, if you have um, a family member, and especially if you have a young adult child who's, who's going through, um, you know, the pains of addiction and, and they're seeking recovery, right? There isn't a roadmap to getting, to getting help. You have to find it. You have to do so much digging to figure out where to go, what direction to go. Do I go to AFM? Do I go to BHF? Do I go to the hospital? Once you get to these places, there's, there's different directions that you're pointed towards, right? Like there isn't one true source of where we should go, right? The RAM clinics are one, I think, very glossed over solution that, that the province has put up that is very limited. There isn't really anything that people can do. There isn't even a hotline that you can call and say, hey, what, where do I go from here? My, my son wants to, to get better. Where can we go? That's the first step. That's why I feel any and all text messages, any and all calls, if anybody calls me and says, hey, I have a friend who, who needs to, to help out their family member, I jump in and, and go through the steps of where I know where to go. But it's taken me years to compile a list of people that I know that I can count on to help out. And even at that point, it's, the road isn't, isn't free and clear, right? You need to jump through so many hoops. You need to find a way to get to detox. And right now, there's only one major detox center in the whole city. And it's at Main Street Project. Now, you're, you're, you come into contact with people that are in the suburbs, uh, in the other regions of the city. Is that a place that they're, they feel comfortable to go detox when they're, when they're struggling? Like every corner of the city needs a place where addicts can detox. You know, Scott... Oak puts it so eloquently when, when he's talking in public, right? When you take a high-flying addict off the streets, you save taxpayers $100,000 a year, up to $100,000 a year. You think of the money that we could put into treating and, and recovery. You know, it's well worth it to put that investment into helping people on the front end because 
we end up paying for it as taxpayers in the, in the long run, be it through healthcare, emergency room, policing, and everything else that happens to an addict when they're, when they're going through their journey. It's, it's a simple fact that right now, you can't go to any of the people in power and ask them exactly what we should do if, if we're trying to seek help. And that, that's, that's step one. We need to have a comprehensive program where we are actually guiding people and having the means to, to get people to recovery. And that's, that's the bottom line. You ask so many different people, you ask, you ask around, there isn't really one true source of, of help out there. And that's, that's, I think, where we need to start. It's, it's, it's a big elephant, right? And how do you need an, eat an elephant one, one little bit at a time? And we need to start making that progress. Rod, before we let you go, as Greg mentioned, your family puts on an event in honor of your son's memory. What is it, and uh, when and where is it happening? Um, so it, it's uh, the Baby Gaby Bowl is what we call it. Um, when he was growing up, when all my kids were growing up, they grew up at the bowling alley every Friday night. I, I'm a, sometimes I'm embarrassed to say I'm a competitive 10-10 bowler. So they all love, they all love the sport. And um, when he passed, um, we decided to have um, an event in his memory uh, around his birthday. Uh, Gabriel was born on September 19th, so in and around the 19th uh, every year, we, we plan on having an annual event. So we had two, uh, one in 2018, one in 2019. Obviously, the pandemic kind of postponed or, or canceled the, the two events that we would have had the last year, so this is our third one. Uh, it's a fun uh, bowling event, the Go Bowling um, basically to raise funds for the Bruce Oak Recovery Center. Uh, it's always a great time. They always have a lot of great people. And it, it's another way for us to, to spread awareness. So there's a lot of people who are connected with Recovery Come and a lot of people who are connected to the community that come out and, and have a great time. Last time we had, um, we, we sold out 180 people bowling and, and more people just coming in to, to enjoy the time. We always have great food, great music, and um it's a way to celebrate Gabriel's life, and it's a way to raise money for a great cause that's near and dear to our hearts. And um, you know, it's it's a good community event where people from all walks uh, get together um, to have a great time. At Big Pappy Peg City, you can find him on Twitter. Eventbrite has the tickets. You can just Google the baby B A B E Y Gaby Gay. G-A-B-E-Y, Bowl, and uh, you'll get right to the event page. Uh, Rod, we've run out of time. Let's uh, connect next week because we want to talk about something else that's coming up that's important to you. Yesterday, you mentioned the fact that, and we mentioned the overdose awareness, awareness walk yesterday, but there's also recovery day coming up as well. So I'll get in touch with you. We'll bring you back and, and visit some more next week. Thanks for this. Sounds great, guys. Thanks for having me on.